You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I know what would make me faint is if I took part in a real CFL training camp or combine. <laughs> That's fair. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Cura, Brazilian Tide is uh, with me today while well, he's in a camp somewhere in British Columbia. Either way. No. Oh, where no, are you? No, 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 no. I am north of Conklin. Oh. I am I am actually in Alberta for this one. All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Minus the road conditions. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh so you're there. What's it looking like mm-hmm. this weekend? I I know we've got some American friends that I'm- Listen. I am praying we do not work Sunday because it's minus 39 without the wind. <laughs> I, I just looked at Fort McMurray's uh, and Red Deer, it's cold. But once you get further north, it's I, I'm just yeah. looking at the forecast and uh, Saturday and Sunday have highs of minus 30. And then, yeah, at mm-hmm. night, minus 35, minus 39 Fahrenheit. Um, that's uh, minus twenty two for our American friends <laughs> as a high. Yeah, minus forty is minus forty though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing is is that so we're on a three and one right now, so I get one week off after these three weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm the assistant, so my chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> uh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> Oh man. It's it's like what my grandpa told my mom on her wedding day because now she had a stepdaughter and everything you did as a teenager is going to come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> well, now everything I've done as a crew chief is going to come back to bite me in the ass. Oh no. I bet you're looking forward to yeah. it. Oh, oh yeah, I'm super pumped for the next 20 days. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk CFL. It has been madness the last week, week and a half here. Super Bowl is on Sunday. Mahomes, Brady, Bucks, Chiefs. Who do you got? Who's uh degenerate tie putting the money down on? Oh, man. So I normally don't bet against Tom Brady, but I just do not see how the Bucks don't get boat raced. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I, but with that being said, I'm not going to bet on the Chiefs because I'm not betting against Tom Brady. That's probably I'd rather bet smart. on Tom Brady and him lose. I'll, right? tell, I'll tell you what I'll be watching on Sunday. He's, so he's got as many NFC championships as that scumbag Drew Brees has. So <laughs> I mean, it's not even a question. He's the goat. I'll so be it's really hard to bet against them. I'll be <laughs> watching uh, the Shack Bowl. Have you heard about this? I, I have not. So <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal has come up with his own pregame show. Um, oh, dear God. It's streaming online. I, I guess they're going to be playing like dodgeball and <laughs> eating chicken wings. And to me, that is quality entertainment. 
And then after. That's just a Tuesday night for you. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I, I guess that, <laughs> it, that's very fair. And after, well, and I guess Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco, former CFL great, is going to be on the show as well. So that's worth a watch. Um, if we're going to call them CFL greats, then why don't we ever talk about Lex Luger? <laughs> we should dedicate a show, and I'm serious. To I know you are. <laughs> wrestlers that have taken part in uh, the Canadian Football League. I have tweeted The Rock before. <laughs> and I, I don't think we're getting The Rock. I do think we might have a shot at Roman Reigns, though. Well, the big dog, you think? The head of the table? Well, he probably wouldn't want to talk to us schmucks. That's very fair no, as well. <laughs> and, and, and probably not while he's champ. Yeah. We need him to turn babyface again, and then we might have a chance. No. no if he turns babyface again, I'm out. <laughs> and then following the show, Stephen Colbert is having a Super Bowl special, and Metallica is playing. So... I will be watching the Shaq Bowl and uh, Metallica and Colbert. That's my Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to uh, hopefully not work and lay in my camp bed all day. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation. Whether it's funding anti-racism programs, addiction recovery, or food hampers for the hungry, for 65 years the Calgary Foundation has proudly supported the charitable community to address some of Calgary's biggest challenges. Now, during this period of unprecedented urgent needs, Calgary Foundation renewed its commitment to building a healthy, vibrant, giving, caring, and resilient community. If you're a registered charity looking for a grant, a professional advisor creating a giving plan for your client, or a donor wanting to give back to community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org and learn more about their work through Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In the Huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, where do we start? <laughs> uh, the Rumble, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that young uh, whippersnapper, uh, Edge, he's really up and coming. He he definitely deserves uh, the push he's getting. Uh, he's got a future in this yeah, business. They, I, I, I just can't wait till they finally put him over. <laughs> um, Don't get me wrong, super happy, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. The day after we released our last episode, Commissioner Ambrosi <laughs> released an open letter to CFL fans. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. trash the letter. Um, at least it's some communication with the fans, but it does not provide any clarity as to what is going to happen yep. in 2021. Uh, it's ba- your basic boilerplate stuff, right? Um, yeah. I don't think they're getting hopes up to, or trying not to get hopes up too high and trying not to dash our dreams as yeah. I am want to do lately. Uh, but like you said, it's something. Um, and this, I don't know, I don't want to call them a regime. That just seems like a bad word to use. Seems very communist. Uh, <laughs> this administration. Am I allowed to which, say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> which... Administration also doesn't sound that great after the last four years, uh, but 
<laughs> this front Executive office group front of office. CFL. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The 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 the, 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 the head office group that the CFL has had in the last couple of years hasn't been the greatest at communicating to the fans, and and I know it's something. It's not what anybody was really hoping for, but it is a step uh, in giving us some information. I really hope that others enjoyed that little exchange because. Ty has seen it before. There can be moments where <laughs> you can't stop. If I start laughing and it can literally get to the point where I either vomit or faint and it was <laughs> dangerously close to that and it might still happen. <laughs> if I faint in the middle of this I'm, show, just keep going, Ty. I'm I'm just surprised that I was able to hold it together for the most part. <laughs> And I know, we didn't have to redo that. I know what would make me faint is if I took part in a real CFL training camp or combine. <laughs> That's fair. And, That's very uh, fair. It's going virtual for 2021. Um, we don't know How'd yet. How'd that work out for the Bucks? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know when uh, the draft is going to be, but everything is going to be online you, you just got to assume that mm-hmm. also saves them a pile of money doesn't it yeah i would think i mean the offices and everybody at home if they're going to do it from a home office or whatever they already have internet um you know you're you might have to figure out uh, the logistics and everything if you want players to do workouts and and the drills and stuff uh but for that not to be you know, you're not paying for ho- players aren't having to find, uh, you know, places to stay and, and rent gyms out. And hopefully by the time this all comes about, they can go to gyms and they can yeah. work with a gym or, or have stuff at home where they can do, uh, you know, maybe have a, have a friend who can, if, especially if they're a wide receiver, I mean, it's hard, hard to just get anybody to throw you a ball. Um, I think yeah. there will be, you know, players, you know, whether it's their college quarterback, if they're around or they can find somebody in the community that can help. I mean, it's stuff like that. I think it'll be, it's going to be a different, it's not going to be the same caliber. I don't think of execution on the drills, just because it's going to be really tough. Uh, not having, you know, one guy doing everything, uh, and DBs, like you got to find a wide receiver. It's going to be really tough, but, uh, that's just the state we're in right now. Let's talk about uh, what has actually happened as far as on-field stuff or even stuff on the sidelines. Scott Milanovic resigned as the head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. The team didn't take long. They ended up hiring Jamie Elizondo, who has spent time with uh, Mm -hmm. Toronto, has spent time with Ottawa. Just a quick note on Milanovic. Now, I know it looks like he's going to be the quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts. Marcus Brady is their OC. They have a relationship that goes back a long time as well. I do wonder if Milanovic would have stayed if there not only was a 2020 season, but clarity on a 2021 season. I really do think that that probably factored into his decision here. I, I think it for sure did. Um, you know, you can be under contract and get paid to not coach, uh, you know, but, I mean, who knows what the parameters there are. I mean, we, we 
there's still seven or eight NHL teams that aren't paying their coaches full salary right now. So who knows what's going on with that? And we know that the books are wide open in the CFL for salaries. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if he doesn't coach for two years, let's say yeah. if there's no season this year, next year comes around. I mean, coaching, you have to treat it like a muscle. Like you have to do it. It's really hard to stop doing it and, and you know, get no reps, no game situations or anything like that. It's the same as a player in my eyes. Uh, I, I know a lot, like a smart coach it would be able to, you know, but just that routine of of doing everything and getting back into that, I think, would be the toughest part. And I think if he's got a chance to coach for sure, because we know the NFL isn't going to care, um, that I think he has to take it. Our friends at the Turf District just relaunched their show. They're part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network and Alberta Podcast Network. And they did have Jamie Elizondo on mm-hmm. their most recent show. I encourage you to check that out. Elizondo was a part of the conversation to have this job before they hired mm-hmm. Scott Milanovic, but the XFL denied permission for Edmonton to speak to him about the job. Well, there's some familiarity here. He <laughs> worked with Trevor Harris indirectly uh, when Harris was a backup for Ricky Ray in Toronto. He worked with Brock Sunderland, of course, and Trevor Harris in Ottawa, so Edmonton does remain Mm-hmm. Ottawa West. What stats do you have <laughs> regarding Elizondo so, and Trevor Harris? Th- it's a little crazy. Uh, so from 2015, so 2015, he, they were in Toronto together and responsible for coaching wide receivers and he assisted with the coordination of the passing game when he was there. Yeah. So, I mean, not, you know, totally, he wasn't 100%, you know, with quarterbacks, but. Uh, so that was 2015, 2016 to 2018, they were together in Ottawa. Those four years, 17,494 passing yards, 101 touchdowns, 45 interceptions. Wow. that That's not bad. So we go to, so 20, they won the 2016, 2016 Grey Cup. In Ottawa, yep. I know that. Henry was the quarterback, but I mean, it's still on Elizondo's resume. Well, so, and Harris did get into games that year when Harris yes. had the finger issue. Well, and or we Burris were, did, we saw, everybody thought, everybody thought that Harris was going to start the Grey Cup. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So 2018, they reached the Grey Cup. Number one in pass efficiency for his quarterback. Number one and number three wide receivers in receptions. And number two, rushing back with rushing yards. And then in 2017, number two in pass efficiency and passing touchdowns. Uh, number two, excuse me, running back and yards and two 1,000-yard receivers. Like This guy can coach offense. So Edmonton fans are encouraged by that. Um, it, I mean, and like none of these stats are secret, right? Like, Yeah, and if you look at Elizondo's point of view, this is a team that wanted him, and they couldn't. It's not mm-hmm. like they're just going with their uh, second choice. They wanted to talk to him, and he gets yeah. or inherits a nice little offense here, um, especially when it comes to the passing game. Uh, Greg yeah. Ellingson, Mike Jones, it, it, he has been a deep threat for Hamilton. I mean, sometimes defenses would forget about him, and all of a sudden Jones would be behind the defense. They also, of course, have Darrell Walker coming back. 
Armani mm-hmm. Edwards is in Edmonton. They've got a nice receiving core there. And Elizondo has a lot of toys to, to, to play with here. I think the biggest issue is if, and even if this happened in 2019, if Edmonton turns a few of those field goal drives into touchdown drives, it's a completely different season for that team. 100%. Um, you look at the NFC Championship a week and a half ago, same thing. Uh, kick a field goal doesn't help you because you don't guarantee to get the ball back and you lose a football game. Um, I'm always been, I've always been the proponent of taking the points on the road, but you know, if you can score a t- and when you have the offense that Edmonton has, when you have guys like, you know, Harris and Ellingson and stuff like that, I, I, I don't even know why I'd carry a kicker. <laughs> I like He's going for it every time. Yeah. I like that. Like, I mean, we, we they've lost playoff games because of it. They've lost regular season games because of it. It, I mean, it's it, it's not a good look. And maybe that maybe that changes this year. Maybe they're a little more aggressive because of the familiarity. I don't know. Uh, but I think that is definitely something that was probably discussed in the interview. I yeah. think that would come up by the, at this point. Do you think uh, with we see what's happening in Ottawa now? That uh, maybe Brock Sunderland did have quite the role in Ottawa to bring in some of the talent they did have. Uh, more than likely, like I mean, you look at other sports where assistant general managers do a lot of do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, Brian Burks always talked about when he was with Pat Quinn in Vancouver, he was the one that that got the contracts done. He was the one that did a lot of the stuff. I mean. And you need a guy like that, and but that also teaches them the ropes. And if, if the guy gets good enough, he's going to move on. And I and you know it shows just how much of was now what he's doing, what Brock's doing in Edmonton. He was probably very heavy, heavily into in Ottawa as well. And it's showing that he can bring in talent. Um, whether or not they can afford to keep that talent after a few years is another story. Uh, as we've seen players move on, but I mean, if you can win a Grey Cup, does it really matter? Well, we've already seen a uh, future Hall of Famer. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Armando Sewell is done in Edmonton. And that is a sentence that probably hurts to hear and hurts to say. How, how, uh, how upset is your household right now? She is very upset, but I'm also upset that Charleston Hughes is no longer a rough rider. So we're kind of even. Um, or it's a very dark place right now. <laughs> poor Tate. My poor wife got her Sewell jersey done in September, thinking that, you know, he would be, it was one of her birthday presents, thinking he would be, you know, in Edmonton yeah. forever. At least there's the decade of dominance that he has had in the middle of the defensive line and. As a Grey Cup in 2015, he's an Edmonton legend. I I don't think that's an exaggeration. Um, But teams have been instructed, or they're all kind of doing it, sticking to the cap floor here. And it seems to be about $600,000 less than what the cap is going to be. 
Um, so mm-hmm. Ricky Collins is on his way out. He had a thousand yards last year with that team. Sean Lemon is on his way in. Um, and it's possible that Mike Moore and Jake Serezna might get paid together as much as Sewell or maybe just slightly more as him. So it's just yeah. numbers right now. Money ball. It's money. It's turning into a little bit of money ball, but that's because of the situation that we're in with the cap, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into it more broadly here. I do want to talk about Ottawa. Some players have re-signed there, including Anthony Coombs, Richie Leone, Abdul Kane, Corey Tyndall, Avery Williams, Randall Evans. But Nick Arbuckle, not so much. Um, there was a little bit of a quarterback swap. They, they basically a trade, traded but not quarterbacks. A trade. But they, but it wasn't a trade, right? With Toronto, um, Nick Arbuckle yeah. and Matt Nichols were both due six-figure bonuses on Monday. The, can I? I have a, I have one question. Okay, who the hell gave Nick Arbuckle a six-figure signing bonus after seven starts? You know, honestly, I was very. <laughs> Or it's a roster bonus, I guess I should say, not not a e- s- signing bonus. Either way, but I mean th- that's got to be on. It, it seems to me like he was getting bona fide starter money, and well, you're it, not going to pay Davis to do it. <laughs> Maybe Nick Arbuckle has a great upside and a great future, but you're right, Ty. Yeah. Seven so, so games. did Neil Yakupov. Like, what are we talking about here? Seven starts. And with who? Calgary. You're basically <laughs> a system quarterback. Like, I'm, I'm saying a lot of quarterbacks, I think, could succeed in Calgary, but struggle on a lot of other franchises. Ryan Leaf might excel in Calgary's <laughs> system. So they let go of Nick Arbuckle before getting that bonus, which those bonuses, and I know they, they look bad, but mm-hmm. if if a player gets paid that, you know that you have a job for the year. And if they let you go, at least you have a head start on free agency instead yeah. of getting let go in training camp and waiting for somebody to break their leg around Labor Day so you can get a job. Um, yeah, 100%. But as a player, you also can't be upset when you get released because you know why that's there is so that the team yeah. has an out. Yeah. That's another that's another mechanism of it too, right? So Matt Nichols was also owed a six-figure bonus by Toronto. Oh, he, he managed to get that, did he? <laughs> he did not manage to get that. Well, he, man- he managed to get it worked into the contract. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then God, let me live. N- now Matt Nichols is the quarterback in Ottawa because Toronto let him go. This all happened mm-hmm. within about twelve hours. So Sunday Monday was quite the eventful day when it comes to the Canadian but Football te- League. I don't. But think, teams don't tamper. <laughs> I don't think Ottawa really. I think they have some certainty here. They know who Matt mm-hmm. Nichols is. I know he's coming off an injury. But he's worked with Paul Lapolis before. Mm-hmm. I, I I just see 
Paul Lapolice being able to make some sort of magic happen or at least be a nice offense that's not going to get a two and out every drive with Matt Nichols and even a Canadian like Anthony Coombs, I still think that he is a dynamic player that can rush and can also receive. And I, I can see him being utilized in the Ottawa offense. I think that Ottawa fans know what they're getting with Nick Arbuckle, maybe mm-hmm. the higher upside, but a lot of uncertainty, right? I understand where Toronto's coming from. Trying like with the Arbuckle thing, you know, he's gonna be young and cheap and all that stuff. And I don't know what McLeod Bethel Thompson's future holds, but I, I, if I am an Argos fan, I am not excited for that. But you know what? At the same time, I. <laughs> Arbuckle is going to be working with some familiar faces. That, yeah, yeah. Because did Eric Rogers not sign there? Yes, and Devaris Daniels. Um, yeah. and I know Daniels was in Edmonton last year, but former Stampeder. Mm-hmm. Um, Jawan Breskison, former Stampeder. Very fair. I, th- I mean, there's no Brad Sinopoli who Matt Nichols can literally just throw the ball two yards to every time. Yeah, he's going. Wh- and at the very least, he's going to have some talent to throw to. And mm-hmm. I think more than he had in Ottawa. Um, for a young quarterback, I think I think Matt Nichols going to Ottawa makes more sense for him than Nick Arbuckle being in Ottawa. Because yeah. Nichols is the veteran. He has more experience and knows, you know, I can I can just check this down. I can do it. He's less likely to take chances, right? Yeah. Uh, Toronto also trades for... The rights to Cody Speller, offensive lineman from Winnipeg. They sign mm-hmm. him. They extend Jamal Campbell. Drake Nevis stays. They bring in Terrell Sinkfield, another dynamic player who has had nice seasons in the CFL before a stint in the NFL. He, he comes back. He's he's still only 30 years old. Um, I got to say, Arbuckle is going to have... Some nice nice weapons mm-hmm. to throw to and support him in Toronto. I like the moves that the Argos have made. You know, and, and bringing Cody Speller, that's a huge, that's a big ad for an offensive line. Yeah. Um, and like you said, <clears throat> excuse me, they bring in Sinkfield and, and the other receivers that they have in there. And, you know, Drake Nav, all these all like they're building a football team and it, I mean, it's easier for them to do with Nick Arbuckle at quarterback being a cheaper option than I'm sure most other starters. Cause I don't yeah. know why, like there's no way he's getting paid. What, you know, guys like Mike Riley and Bo are getting paid. There's no way. Um, so it makes it a little easier. He has the weapons. If they can keep him upright and keep him healthy. I like, I, I know we, we, we've said it so many times that we like how this team looks on paper when it comes to Toronto. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then it just goes to crap. But, um, you know, Ottawa with Matt Nichols, they, I, I just don't see a team in this division barring a bad injury to most likely the starting quarterback. I just don't see a team going three and 13 in this division or four and four and 14. Mm-hmm. I, I could like that Eastern playoff spot, whether like to host, well, maybe, let's not say the host, let's say that third spot. Try they they have a chance to fend off a crossover, yeah. And I mean, it almost seems like any team in the East can do that. I but I just don't see a team being 
so bad this year. I think they're going to see a lot more of an even keel. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody – well, Hamilton probably runs away with that division, but the other three teams could be pretty close still. Yeah, if you believe threedownnation.com's insider piece, um, and I have no reason not to, it, it does seem like maybe this free agent period is going to be a little wild <laughs> because – there's not really many. I don't think teams are allowed to dish signing bonuses right now. So it's kind of you see what the player is like early in the season, and there's really nothing to lose for the team. Mm-hmm. So maybe some teams are going to be able to take some risks this year, and free agency just starts here in four or five days. It feels like we're getting ready for a real season with the amount of things going on. Well, let's travel to Hamilton where Frankie Williams re-signs. I think his role with that team, obviously he was great in the return game and special teams, but also it allowed Brandon Banks to just focus on offense where I think he is, I think Kent Austin resisted that for so long that it was wait, like... Wait, 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 wait. Kent Austin made a bad coaching choice? <laughs> I, I think that Frankie being there, allowing Banks just to do offense mm-hmm. 90% of the time has been big. But they re-sign Jeremiah Mazzoli, which I think is massive. Um, it's huge. So Dane Evans comes in last year, or 2019, after Mazzoli's injury gets them all the way to the Grey Cup. But again, I I know he played more games than Nick Arbuckle, but that was one year. And maybe you can say the same about Jeremiah Mazzoli, where he only, he's, he's had injury problems before. It took him a while to put it together. Will he be the same player when he comes back? They still have two starting caliber talents behind center in Hamilton and mm-hmm. they have to be excited for you know possibly hosting the Grey Cup with the team that they're putting on the field. Right and and like we said when teams are asked to stick to the cap floor I just don't see how if you're Hamilton you can say yeah we'll do that don't worry we don't want to we yeah. don't want to play in the game. <laughs> Like, they're going to do whatever it takes to get there if we have a season, right? Yeah. Um, and with this team, I just don't see anybody in the East even coming close to to being as good as Hamilton's going to be. If And, I mean, yeah, they've, I mean, pieces have moved here and there, but, I mean, roughly, roughly the core is still exactly what we expected it would be. So I don't see a lot changing in that facet. I do think Danny Machocha might be a guy that – will be making a lot of moves in free agency. It, it mm-hmm. kind of looks like it. They're going to have some money freed up with uh, Enoch Muamba. Looks like probably moving on from the team. They, they have been able to re-sign B.J. Cunningham, which the last, well, 2019 was rough for him. He only got to play six games. Um the year before, 14 games, the, the the full season he put together in 2017 had over 1,100 receiving yards. I got to think if he is able to play an entire season, 
with an entire season of Vernon Adams, B.J. Cunningham is going to mm-hmm. really explode in the CFL, I think. And, they, well, and he's not their only weapon at the receiver position, you know, where they're going to be able to – like he's not going to be doubled all the time like you would see, right. you know, Ellingson and Edmonton or, <clears throat> excuse me, Banks and Hamilton. Like they've got weapons out at the receiver and slot back position. So teams are going to have to – pick and choose depending on what set they come out in. Yeah, Eugene Lewis and BJ Cunningham, I really like that as a mm-hmm. <laughs> as a duo. And uh, Naaman Roosevelt, I, he, veteran presence, I, I'm pretty sure he's probably going to hit free agency, who knows, but and Jake Winicky as well. So th- they they've got options in Montreal. Yeah. Ted West a little bit where uh I just got to say Kenny the King Lawler re-signs in Winnipeg. He was their leading receiver last year. He didn't even have 700 yards. <laughs> that has to be don't, a goal of Winnipeg. <laughs> when they get- I'm not even, I don't even have to say it. I don't even have to say it. <laughs> that he has might, to be. He might only had 700 yards, but that was probably still less yards than what uh, Andrew Harris had injections, right? Oh, <laughs> I thought you didn't have to say it. <laughs> oh, I didn't have to. I wanted to. <laughs> Kenny the King Lawler, uh, you got a prop bet. Thousand yards. Is he going to do it? No, under. Under. Now, under. are you are you saying that because the next season could be ten games long? Or <laughs> hey, you didn't you didn't specify? Yeah. <laughs> okay, over the next eighteen games. Even if they span across two seasons, oh. does Kenny the King Lawler have a thousand yards? Mm. I'm going to say no. yes. I still think no. I still think no. I say yes, and I, I do think that uh, they need a section at uh, IG Field. Everyone wears crowns, and they should make it happen. That's all I'm saying. And like you could just go to Burger King and get a crown. Yeah, just paper crowns. That'll work. And then and then bring it. How many crowns have you had in your life? Because you're a Burger King kind of fanatic. I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. What are you? Uh, I would just say I'm a glutton. But <laughs> you're a fan. Well, it's it's probably the best fast food you can that money can buy. See, that's fanatics not over the top. No, that's not fanatic. It's just I'm stating fact. <laughs> there you are with your realist point of view again. Um. <laughs> yeah, anything else is just fake news. <laughs> Let's go to Regina. The writers do re-sign Ed Gainey, but lose mm-hmm. Charleston Hughes. 37 years old. Um, the Riders do have Freddie Bishop, the third on the roster. He's 30. I'm, I'm guessing he's cheaper. I'm, I don't guess. I, I know he's cheaper. Yeah, let's be honest. But if – I don't know, man. This is crazy. If – Are we talking about money here? Yes. If the numbers okay. that have been – Relayed in the media are accurate. Mm-hmm. This is over nothing. <laughs> Fifteen thousand dollars. 
Well, here's the deal. Farhan Lalji. It's a cap league. So Farhan Lalji was on Sports Cage in Regina with Derek Taylor. He says the Riders mm-hmm. offered Charleston 150K. Charleston asked for 165K. 15 grand. I actually think that mm-hmm. that's probably a bigger gap than, well, it is. It, it's especially with what we're dealing with now. And the Riders yeah. have had to pay Cody Fajardo and Shaq Evans and Kyron Moore and that. Mm-hmm. No, you have you have a cap that you have to you have to adhere to, and if if you're trying to stay to the floor, sacrifices are going to be made. And that fifteen that, that extra fifteen grand, they obviously don't have it in the budget where they want to sign everybody else too. According to Charleston Hughes, he went back to the Riders and offered to take a pay cut from the number he was to make in 2020, which was 157500 But how big of a pay cut? So, that's $7,500. This, this reminds me a lot of Ryan Smith. That, that, that's $7,500 now that we're down to. Now, if Charleston said, okay, I'll take one fifty-five, and the riders at yeah, Charleston Hughes are... $1,500 break. <laughs> If if they're f- five grand apart, it could have been less. It could have been. So I I think but if I, if neither party budged, I I don't think either wanted to work together anymore. <laughs> no, I I think after uh, you know after you go back and forth a couple times and you realize that you're not going to find it, and if ar- arbitration isn't an option like it is in other leagues, uh, it's you kind of just hooped. You're up. You're up Blank Creek without a paddle, and and it's just time to move on. Now, I get he's 37 years old, but he had 16 sacks in 17 games. I think that the veterans are going to come out firing this year. I think they're going to be able to put some of those nagging injuries behind them. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I also think that this offseason and this free agency period, it almost looks like the year of the defensive lineman to me. Uh, some have mm-hmm. said that it looks like DBs are going to be the position that are going to be hit hardest by this. But there's possibly a lot of defensive line talent out there, including... Sports <laughs> is full of copycats. Right. Winnipeg won the Grey Cup with one of the most dominant defensive lines I think we've ever seen in well, recent memory. And... Do you remember when when Chris Jones was coaching Edmonton and even in Saskatchewan, he made a real point of mm-hmm. loading up the roster with anybody who could rush the quarterback because of the way that the rules were with the uh, – when they first put in the pass interference rules, basically you touch a receiver, you're going to get flagged. You better hope you have a pass rush. Yeah, and, and it needs to get there in, you know, three to three and a half seconds. And, I mean, Willie Jefferson doesn't have to rush the quarterback to be a danger with that wingspan of his. He's, he's mm-hmm. almost a separate. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was, I thought you were going to say he doesn't even have to try to rush the quarterback. <laughs> like he's a separate entity a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's um, fair. But, I mean, we've got Charleston Hughes, Armando Sewell, possibly Micah Johnson, all available. That sounds wild to me. Yeah, and you know, 
huge names, uh, you know, granted on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. But we've talked about it before where, you know, it seems that the younger guys rely on power and quickness and the older guys rely on technique. And that's why you see, I think that's why we've seen these numbers from the older players is that their technique is just so much better. Uh, and they're able to find ways to get around, uh, you know, offensive linemen and get to the quarterback. They, they, they know the tricks of the trade, so to speak, and, and they can get there. Um, you know, it's work smart, not hard. The number one reason why I believe that the CFL should release salary numbers, and I don't even, you know what, maybe I don't even need it for individual players, but we don't even know, we have guesses. Just let us know how much cap room is left. Yeah, exactly. We have estimates. We have uh, best guesses as to what, you know, select players' contracts have been released into the media. Man, it, it would be nice to know what teams have cap room going into free agency. Mm-hmm. So I got to wonder how much money a Johnson, a Sewell, and a Hughes is going to be able to command in free agency with all of the pay cuts that have been going around. I I don't think it's going to be up to them. I think that teams are going to be like, this is what we have. This is what we can offer you. It's They're going to, they're going to be obviously on a one-year deal. Yeah. I think that's to be expected, and it's just going to be kind of whatever out there, unless a team is going to make them make one of them their priority. Yeah, on the ninth, I think that I think that might play, you know, into their hand a little bit. But I like, I mean, just with the way the cap is going and how they want teams to stick closer to the floor, I, I just don't know how much money can be possibly be going around. Like you look at teams like Winnipeg who, who just keep re-signing guys, and yeah, they're taking pay cuts, but. How big are these pay cuts? Yeah. Like, does it, it, it would just be nice to know the numbers because they're available for every other league. And you want to it – would, it would help fan bases, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC so. has signed Bo Lacumbo. They extend mm-hmm. Adam Konar. So, again, a team that I don't think I want to play against. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're going to be like, punishing. <laughs> Oh, ice. There's going to be so much ice in that locker room. Oh, yeah. In the visitor's locker room in D.C. play. It's not going to be funny. Straight to the ice bath after the game. Yeah. Kevin Hart. (laughs) They've been able to extend Brian Burnham. Uh, For my money, uh, the best receiver in the CFL. I I would go second, but yeah. Is is your number one Brandon Banks? Yes. Here's my thing. I think that Brian Burnham has a better chance of making the tougher catch than Brandon Banks. Well, 100%. So so Banks, he if you get him in space, he's a danger to score from anywhere on the field. I will not <laughs> I will not dispute that. He's probably faster than Brian Burnham, but I think Brian Burnham has better hands and he's a better route runner than Brandon Banks. So I think as a pure receiver, how do you beat that guy? Oh, absolutely. But Banks changes the complete outlook of that offense. Not saying Brian Burnham doesn't, but for everything Banks doesn't do as well as Burnham, I think he's more of a game changer than Brian Burnham is. And Banks, when you defend him, though, 
Uh, he doesn't really find ways to. <laughs> no, he's not gonna. He's not gonna fight through a lot of stuff. Yeah, we've so seen him get never, shut d- down. That's because he doesn't usually have to. Right. Right. The the Grey Cup did not go well for him. Um, I know he ended no, up leaving I, the, the game with an injury, but Grey Cup didn't really go well for anybody on that side. <laughs> you look at the end of 2019 for Brandon Banks, and I sound like an absolute moron for trying. <laughs> to argue. Like, look at this. September 14th against Calgary, 105 yards receiving, touchdown. Next game, 72 mm-hmm. yards receiving, touchdown. Next, 113, touchdown. Next, 81, touchdown. Next, 116, touchdown. Next, 201, three touchdowns. Next, 100, touchdown. Give me a break. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> Uh, I still maintain that uh, Brian Burnham, I mean, another year with (laughs) Mike Riley, they can put up some stupid numbers. And uh, Brian Burnham had nearly 1,500 yards receiving uh, the last time that uh, they got on the field. And I I think it can only get uh, better than that. (laughs) It can only get better than that. But. Does, does Brian Burnham have like a 10-game streak where it was 100 yards or whatever that was in 2018 or 2017? He does not, but I think he uh, has what it takes to do it. I mean, no. what if BC had an offensive line? Okay, now now we're getting in to, quali- like to qualifiers, and that's not fair. Because if he was as, if he was as good as Brandon Banks, the old, he could make – he would give – Mike Riley, you know, more of an option in less time. He would be able to make that work. And I know I'm wrong, but that's the <laughs> hell I'm going to die on. We both know we're wrong. That's the best part. Uh, we go to Calgary where they extend DBs to Sean Amos and Brandon Dozier. Also defensive lineman Chris Odom. I wonder what Calgary's going to do in free agency. Traditionally, they're kind of quiet. Uh they kind of fill out their team in free agency. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this year will be different just because of uh, the no signing bonuses thing. I mean, I do think that they've got some talent that Bo Mitchell will be able to look good or make uh, look good. <laughs> A guy like Josh Huff and Markeith Ambles who have been in that system mm-hmm. probably can have nice seasons once they get back on the field. Do you see them being more active than we're used to seeing them? I think, I don't know if they'll be more active, but I think, because, I I mean, they've made signings, but I mean, they're just not your marquee signings. Yeah, they're not the flashy guys. Yeah, I think we might see that. I think they might, you know, make a move uh, on the defensive side, and that's not really something we ever think. Like Calgary, you usually just, it always seems they have somebody. Um, but I, I, to keep up with Winnipeg, I think, you know, they're going to want, and I never thought I'd say those words, keep up with Winnipeg, but <laughs> the way Winnipeg's defense plays and ha- and did play in 2019, I, I just think that, you know, with the guys that are out there, I think they can make a big splash. Defense is kind of dominating in my eyes. Mm-hmm. We yeah. mentioned the, the big and, three defensive I mean, linemen. It, it will for... It will for a few more years, and it, it'll be cyclical. We'll be back to the offense in no time. And then, you know, after some years of that, teams will figure it out and get back on the defense. It, it, it goes in cycles. We've seen it before. 
Enoch Mwamba looks like he's probably going to be available. Um, Cameron Judge, I I don't know yeah. if the Riders can solve that, but they better. There's a couple new. They, if they let Hughes go and don't get Judge, that is a big blow to the Rough Riders. It doesn't defense. matter. It doesn't matter who if Jesus Sprinkles is your quarterback. <laughs> can he if play? You can't stop anybody from scoring. Can you? Can you? Can you score forty points a week? <laughs> uh. Troy Durrell and Kyle Marshall, they're a part of the two and out web team. They'll be posting their free agency thoughts and predictions before the day next week. Look for that at two and out.ca. This episode of two and out is brought to you by park power. Your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. They offer internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service and profit sharing with local charities. Park Power is owned by Chris Kozowski, who has a growing and well-deserved reputation for being a guy who cares. If you're in the Edmonton area, you may have seen him around town. He's got the bow tie. Who doesn't like a bow tie? I wore a bow tie to my graduation. You did. You wore a white tux to grad. I did. I looked like James Bond. Mm-hmm. And the bow tie blended in to my beard. beard. So it yeah. really <laughs> was a stupid move. <laughs> Chris Kozowski pulls it off, though. I will say that. Every time I hear that name, all I can think of is Monsters, Inc. Oh. <laughs> Where's your paperwork, Wazowski? <laughs> he supports local causes, boosts local business. He walks that talk with his business. It's why Park Power shares its profits with local charities. And as a new customer, you can choose a community partner to receive 10% of uh, the proceeds from your electricity bill, like the CKUA radio network. Visit parkpower.ca slash CKUA to find out more. want to remind you that the Grey Cup portal is open on CFL.ca. You can travel back to the 50s and watch some old Grey Cup games, even from the 40s. It's unbelievable. Like this, this is, these are football games from when the Leafs were good. (laughs) That is a great point. (laughs) Find those on CFL.ca. Watch 2andout.ca because free agency is about to get crazy. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks and try to unpack what happens next week and beyond. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.